Our scripture lesson for today, I've chosen to step away from the assigned gospel text for today, which is always the story commonly known as Doubting Thomas. But I've gone into one of our other assigned readings for today, actually comes from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold, that though perishable is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The word of the Lord. People of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God and our risen Lord and Savior be yours today and forever. Amen. My senior year of college, the very last thing that I had to do to complete all of my coursework was a semester test. This was an important test because this was the one class that I had not yet accumulated enough points to pass. And I had to have it. I had to have this class to actually complete my degree and graduate and be done. And since I was supposed to be getting married about three weeks later, I really, really, really needed to pass that test. It was odd, the sensibility going into it, the nervousness that I had, the, the unknown of, oh no, what happens if I don't get this done? What happens if this doesn't go like I expect and I don't pass? What will ever, whatever will I do? But I passed it. I went into it, I had studied, I, I had gotten myself prepared, and I went into the, the test, passed it, completed it, graduated, got married, all of that. Things went on. I'm thinking about that sensibility, that, that unknown going into the last aspect of my education, of, of that portion of my education. Because today as I'm recording this, as I'm, I'm sitting down here with you, the, the reality has become that our school year has, has, has come to a close. Our school year has been canceled here in the state of Iowa. And while the educational opportunities that are happening online will continue for our students, and they will, and that's good, the experience of school has come to a close. And I'm especially thinking about that for this year's graduating class for our, our seniors, our, our class of 2020 not only perhaps for high school, but also even for college. Uh, all, everyone who's maybe feeling like they're missing out on this last portion of that experience. And I can imagine that there is perhaps a sense of, of relief on one hand to now know, well, at the same time, there's a sense of loss. There's a sense of mourning. There's a sense of, of unknown and unease and just, for lack of a better word, a, a wrongness about this. 
and they're kind of all perhaps mixed up together. And a mental image that I have in my head is something that I saw this morning. Now, as I walked across the parking lot this morning on Friday, there was a lot of snow. We got this out of the blue snowstorm that came blowing in on Thursday and overnight, this, that wet, heavy, sloppy snow that built up far more than anything we experienced all the way throughout winter. And so it was still there, especially in the shady areas, because as I came into the office this morning, the sun had not gotten up very far to begin to melt the snow that we saw later through the day. But as I was coming across, an image caught my eye. Now, I've talked before, I've mentioned it before, that in the flower bed that's just out the south side of the church, right smack dab in the corner, there is a tulip. And that tulip is always the first thing that comes up every year. I always kind of look for it as I'm crossing the parking lot. It's one of the earliest signs of spring. And of course, it's been up for a while now. We know that most of the lawns have greened up. We're starting to see some very small leaves on a lot of the trees. The bushes are, are starting to come out. People have been mowing their lawns in certain parts of town. Uh, spring is really upon us until this unexpected snowstorm. But as I crossed it today, as I crossed the parking lot, there was all this thick, heavy snow. And at the same time, that tulip is about ready to actually flower out. The, the bulbs, or not the bulbs, the, the flower buds have come up. And there's one in particular that's starting to get that yellowish tint that you see that happens just before the petals open up and the flower itself emerges. And I'm thinking about this sense of spring, that sign of spring mixed with this sign of winter and how the whole transition doesn't make any sense. These two things, they, they should not coexist and yet they're happening at the same time. It's, it's strange, it's unknown, and perhaps we don't quite know what to think of it. All of this puts me in mind to what we heard today from First Peter. Now, a little bit of background, the, the, the letter of First Peter, the epistle of St. Peter, was written to several of the different churches or communities or people spread around Asia Minor towards the end of the first century in a time when there's a lot of persecution that has been going on around the Roman Empire of, of Christians, of believers, of people who are followers of Christ. It really was not an easy time to be a Christian at that time. There was a lot of, of uh, persecutions going on. There was imprisonments. There were, there were martyrs. All, all of these different things were happening. And as, as we hear from Peter, there, there is a sense of encouragement that he's offering. He even talks about being in exile, about being in Babylon, something that goes back to the, through Jewish history to the way that the Jewish people were spread all around the Babylonian Empire and not knowing if they would ever return, if they would ever come back to a sense of normal. Throughout all of this, this sort of seems to be familiar. We've been at this for a month now this idea of separation. Parts of our, our nation have been, have been closed down and isolated and doing the whole social distancing thing for, for longer than we have here in, in our corner of, of the world. Different parts of the world, different countries have been experiencing it far longer than, than we have. And there's just this uneasy sense of not quite knowing what to expect. None of it feels quite right. I think we've talked about this over and over again. I feel like I've said this many times throughout recent messages as, as I've tried to connect our scriptures to what we're experiencing. But just this idea that, that nothing's quite going like we expect it to. 
as we move into spring, we expect to be outside. We expect school stuff to be happening. We expect spring sports to be happening. We expect to see field work going on. We expect normalcy. We've gone through the winter season, and even if it was a light winter for us, we expect to be moving into this next step, this next part of the yearly cycle, this yearly sense of things that we know and anticipate and look forward to. And because of everything that's happening, we're not doing that. It's not normal, and none of us feel normal. None of us feel like things are happening like they're supposed to. And I can't tell you how often I hear from people just the sense of unease that they take, that they're feeling, the sense of, of uh, temptation is not probably the right word, but just this, this sense of, of, of trial, like things are not like they're supposed to be and I don't know how to react to it. And that seems to be the sense that Peter is talking about. But I what I love about this passage, it's right at the beginning of the letter, and it's really a sense of, of joy that, G that Peter is expressing through his audience and their faith in Christ. Now, it's thought that this was written maybe not by Peter, but by one of his followers later in the first century after Peter himself had been martyred. And the sense of, of an audience of people who had not actually seen Jesus. They had not seen the risen Lord. Everything that they have heard, their faith has come about secondhand or thirdhand through the proclamation of people that came before them. And we have a lot in common with that. It's the year 2020. We are roughly 21 centuries removed from the events that surrounded Jesus, Jesus' death and his resurrection, his life, his death, and his resurrection. We have not seen it for ourselves. We have not seen him, and yet we express faith. And where does that faith come from? Well, that faith comes from the proclamation of other people, empowered by the Holy Spirit, based on their experience. And their experience is based on the proclamation of those who came before them. And theirs is based on those who came before them. And theirs on those who came before them. It's a wonderful pyramid scheme if we think about it, but that is perhaps a flippant way to describe our faith. We express faith in Jesus Christ, the man who is also God, the one who took on flesh, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. He brought the kingdom of heaven with him. He brought this new way of being, this new way of living, this way of being in harmony with God, in harmony with one another, in harmony with the world that we are a part of. The world couldn't handle it. The world killed him for it. But the wonderful thing about this expression, this new way of being, was that not even death could overcome it. And after three days in the tomb, God raised him up. Jesus walked among us again. Jesus dwelled among us again empowered us through the Holy Spirit. And then when he went back to heaven, we remain empowered to be the body of Christ here on earth. And that has gone on through the years, that has gone on through the centuries, this same faith expressed in different ways to different people, and yet the same faith that we to express all these centuries later. Now, Peter talks about the joy that we find even amongst temptation, even amongst times of trial. That the joy that we find, it's inexpressible and it's unending even in the times that don't feel right. And that is what I think we need to cling to. 
That's what I think we need to hold on to in this time. Not the sense that God is testing us, not this idea that God brought the coronavirus as a way to test if we're gonna be okay or if our faith is strong enough or not, but rather this idea that the faith that we express, this belief in the promise that God has made to us through Jesus Christ and through the waters of our baptism, that we are claimed and that not even death is enough to overcome that. That is the promise of the gospel. That is the thing that we hold on to, this, this promise of God that, that we express, this, this faith that we hold on to, the belief in that which we cannot see. Peter even talks about that. You do not see him, even though you do not see him, but you believe in him. Now, I'm going to go back to Doubting Thomas. I mentioned that before. That's our gospel lesson for today. If you're familiar with the story of Doubting Thomas, you know it picks up the evening of the resurrection. The disciples are gathered. Mary Magdalene has told them, hey, I have seen the Lord. Jesus then appears to them. He says, peace to you. Peace be with you. He breathes the Holy Spirit into them. They see him. They have this interaction, but Thomas is not there. And so they then, the disciples then find Thomas and they say the same thing that Mary said. We have seen the Lord. And he's like, unless I can see the nail holes in his hand and see the, the wound in his side, unless I can see him and experience him for myself, I will not believe. And then a week later, he does. Jesus appears and Thomas is with them. Same thing happens. And Jesus basically says, now you believe because you have seen, but blessed is the one who has not seen and yet still comes to believe. Folks, that's us. We are who Jesus is talking about. Isn't that amazing that even 2,000 years ago when he's talking post-resurrection to Thomas, who do Thomas's credit just wants to have his experience with the resurrected Lord as well. As Jesus is talking to him, he's making reference to us. And not just to us, but to all believers across the time. All those who have come before us to this point and all those who will come after this, after us until the glorious day when Jesus comes back again, whenever that will be. This is the promise of the gospel that we receive over and over again. And what I really try to cling to in these times that don't make a lick of sense. The things that we look at, the things that we cling to, the things that we hold on to when we're in the midst of troubles and trials and temptations, when we're tempted to just throw our hands up and say, I can't take it anymore. We cling to the hope that we find in the promise. Now, this is not to say that everything's just hunky-dory. That's not what hope means. Hope does not mean happy. Hope means that we realize and we recognize that this is not the end and that there is more that lies out there. We live in the reality of that joy now, and I believe that's an aspect of what Jesus is talking about when he brings the kingdom to us now. We live in the reality now, and even in the midst of the hard stuff, we hold on to the hope that there is also more. That's the now and the not yet of our faith. It's a mystery. It's all a mystery but empowered by the Holy Spirit, we believe it anyway. May you cling to that hope and may the Lord empower you through the Holy Spirit, even in the midst of hard times, even in the midst of all this stuff that doesn't make any sense. May you be empowered and cling to that hope that's found in the promise of the resurrection given to you through Jesus Christ. Amen.